May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our readings today are all very dense, and we could preach a sermon on each one of them. But taken together, they could be seen as an overview of the history of God's people. Genesis tells the beginning of the story, the story of Abraham, how God called him to leave his home and go to a land that God will show him, and how Abraham responds with faith. The psalm is one of a group of psalms called the Psalms of Ascent, which the pilgrims would have recited on their way up to Jerusalem. In Romans, Paul argues against those who believe that God's grace comes through following the law. It is Abraham's faith that makes him righteous, and we are all Abraham's descendants. And John shows how the story of Jesus is the continuation of a relationship with God's people that began with Abraham. The readings cover a vast range of topics, but there is a thread that goes through all of them. The blessing of God, the response of faith, and the idea of a journey or pilgrimage. Last week, we were with the man and the woman in the garden when they failed to trust God and ate the forbidden fruit with disastrous results. And the stories that follow from chapter 3 all the way through to chapter 11 are stories that follow in the same vein. Cain kills his brother Abel. The earth was filled with violence before everything is destroyed in the flood. People consistently rebel against God. But God consistently has compassion and continues to bless humanity. And then in chapter 11, the people decide to build a city and a tower in order to make a name for themselves. But God frustrates their grand plans, confused their language, and scatters the people throughout the earth. And at that moment of hopelessness, God calls to Abram. The answer to people's rebellion is that God calls a people. Abram will become Abraham. We don't know very much about him. We know he is the son of Terah, who had moved to Ur, from Ur to Haran, with his whole family. And we are also told that Abram's wife Sarai is unable to have children. And so we read today that the Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your kin, and your father's house, and go to a country that I will show you. We don't know if Abram had ever heard God before, but we know that he heard it as a call from God to leave everything behind and begin a journey. And in God's call to Abram, he promises five things. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse whoever curses you. Having heard 
with the end of chapter 11 that Sarah was barren. It seems as though that that first promise is unlikely. I will make you into a great nation. But this does not deter Abram. He hears God's call and he responds with faith. God promises Abram a future when everything seems hopeless. Abram has no idea what that future holds or where he is going. But God has promised to be with him and to protect him. And the most notable thing about these promises is not just that Abraham will be blessed, but that others will be blessed through him. All peoples on earth, the whole world. God calls a particular man and a particular family, but through them God created a people and will bless the whole earth. God calls Abram to leave everything that is familiar, everything that had defined him and given him identity, his country, his kin, his father's house. But God will give Abram a new identity and a new name. He will become Abraham. And so we read that Abram went as the Lord had told him. This is just the beginning of a grand drama There is a lot that needs to happen before the promise can come true. And there are many times when the promise seems threatened. But God has called a people into being, and God will be with and act for this new people. Abraham is central for Paul in his letter to the Romans, where he talks about grace that comes through faith apart from the law. When Gentiles became followers of Jesus, the question of following the law became a challenge and caused divisions between Jewish and Gentile followers. Many of the Jewish followers believed that the Gentiles should be circumcised and be required to follow the law. But Paul argues that Gentiles are already included in the people of God through the faith of Abraham. Abraham is the father of all people because he trusted in the promises of God, not the law. Abraham believed God before there was a law to follow. And we too, through faith, are included in that promise in Abraham's family. He is our father. And through him, we are included in the covenant. God's promises are not to be earned, but are given freely through God's grace. And it is through faith that the promises are received. And Paul writes, the promise was made on the ground of faith in order that it might be a matter of sheer grace. Abraham is a model of extraordinary faith. We read that he simply responded to God's call. He sets out straight away for an unknown land. Nicodemus is also on a journey. But he has a harder time coming to faith. He was steeped in the law, a Pharisee and a member of the Jewish council. He comes to see Jesus at night, possibly because he didn't want to be seen, possibly the night is a symbol of unbelief. But Nicodemus calls Jesus rabbi, teacher. And in John's gospel, it is only ever the disciples who call him that. 
So it is possible that he is already on his way to becoming a disciple. Nicodemus doesn't say why he has come to speak to Jesus. He may have been curious, but he starts by saying what he knows. This is what I know. But what he knows is based entirely on the signs that Jesus had performed, saying that no one could perform these signs unless God were with him. But Jesus keeps pushing Nicodemus to a deeper understanding. It is not enough to see the signs. The signs point to the kingdom of God, but no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again, which doesn't help Nicodemus understand anymore. But the word again is a play on the, in the Greek, it would be a play on words. The word again could also mean from above. We can only see the kingdom of God if we are born again from above, from the spirit. But Nicodemus takes Jesus literally and is totally confused and has more questions which we can relate to. How can this be? How can a person be born when he's old? But Jesus speaks of the rebirth that comes through faith, not knowledge. Nicodemus keeps asking questions until Jesus makes a statement that is possibly the most well-known verse in Scripture, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever has faith in him should not perish but have eternal life. And he goes on to say that God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is God's expression of love for the world. Jesus brings salvation for all those who are ready to receive it. At this point, Nicodemus seems to have quietly faded out of the conversation, so we don't know how he received those words. But we do hear of him two more times in John's Gospel. In chapter 7, Nicodemus stands up for Jesus in front of the scribes and the Pharisees. And in chapter 19, he goes with Joseph of Arimathea to prepare Jesus' body for burial, something a disciple would do. So it seems as though Nicodemus has continued on his journey of faith. He didn't get stuck on his, in his confusion, but he moved from the darkness he was in towards the light. Paul is at pains to show that the promises of God are not earned, but realized through faith. And he holds up Abraham as a model of faith. Jesus promises that we are saved through faith. But to have faith is not simply to sit back and believe. It is not an intellectual ascent, but a journey, a journey to the heart of God. In our readings today, we have two examples of journeys of faith. Nicodemus wasn't on a literal journey, but he persisted in asking questions. He worked through his confusion learning not to trust his knowledge or literal interpretations, but 
to wrestle with the words of Jesus to be led deeper. Abraham heard God's call. God called him to go, to leave his comfort zone, his security, his identity, everything that he knew for an uncertain future, but trusting in God's promise. Jesus spoke of the spirit being like the wind that blows wherever it will. People born of the spirit will follow God's spirit wherever it leads them, which is what Abraham was prepared to do. At a time of desolation and hopelessness. Both of these men give us inspiration for our journey through Lent. Whether we need to go deeper into our faith, into knowing Jesus, or to have the courage to answer God's call into something new. We often tend to think of vocation as ordained ministry or people in caring professions, teachers, nurses, doctors. But as followers of Jesus, we all have a vocation. And in that vocation, we're called to be a blessing to the world. God calls us individually. God calls us as a family, a family of St. George's, to be a blessing where we are. The life of faith is to be a pilgrim people journeying towards the heart of God and towards the fullness of life that God promises. Amen. Thank you.